What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. We got a good one for you today. Like my man Steve Harvey done say, it's Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts, baby. What a talented, uh, interesting, fun, cool dude. I loved having him on the show. Appreciate my boy Reggie Watts for coming and hanging with me. Also, I want to tell you, it's the end of the year. I'm doing four shows, two nights in Boston. I've said this again. Let's help make the end of the year a good one for your boy in Boston. So any Bostonians that you know or anybody in the New England area, send them out. AndrewSantino.com is where you're going to find those tickets. AndrewSantino.com. Come see me, Boston, the 30th and the 31st. Come party with ya boy. Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me five dollars for the whiskey and seventy-five dollars for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger, I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it. Once again today, it is the partial ginger, Reggie Watts. Good morning. Good morning. It's Good nice day. Finally, finally, we're here. You said that you're partial ginger before the show, yeah, but are you, but is that uh, is that natural? Did you dye it? It's au natural. Au natural. Uh, my mother is French, and she well, she was French, and I guess she will always be French, and she's a redhead. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. A beautiful ginger French mother. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you're fluent yeah. in how many languages? Only, only French, really. I know. Um, I know chunks of other languages, and I can kind of fake the sound of languages. That's fun. Do you want to have a conversation yeah. in another language? That sure. Exist? Yeah. 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 Uh, how, well, I know maybe partially sprechst du Deutsch. Uh, ich spreche eine bisschen Deutsch. Yeah. Ein bisschen. Ein bisschen. Yeah. Ein bisschen. Bisschen. Yeah. Right. Bisschen. Es freut mich, Sie kennenzulernen. By the way, uh, Joe, um, to my editor, just mistranslate everything that we just said down yeah. there and make it make no sense. You know what I learned? The way I learned bisschen uh, uh, was because my teacher would say, ein bisschen zu laut, which is a little oh, too loud. Oh, too loud, yeah. You're a little too loud. Ein bisschen zu laut. Which I thought at one point, maybe naming uh, like an album or something, ein bisschen zu laut. And then I was like, that's That'd never so going to... good. People are never... But, but yeah, people are going to Google right. and be like, what is this? What is this? They're never going to say it right. Only mm. Germans are going to get it. Right, right. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's a specific audience. I don't want to narrow it down just for the Germans. I get it. Just for the germs. Just for the germs. <laughs> <That's what they're laughs> yeah, that would be a good album. Just for the germs. Just for the germs. This one goes out just for the germs. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> interesting yeah interesting Ooh, tw- uh, uh, we'll see yeah yeah I guess we'll see <laughs> Netflix is like guys we have to change that for the for the germs we can't so, go out like that although Netflix these days would they care no they don't they don't know what's no, going on over care. there right <laughs> no they're, they wouldn't care they're just like yeah whatever we're trying to figure out how we're gonna make money I feel like Netflix used to be this um, very specific well curated um, like it was like it was as if like they really really paid attention you know when you go into like a a shop that has knickknacks and trinkets, but they're somehow organized perfectly. Yeah. And now Netflix is like um, those beautiful soundboards uh, where you're just plugging in and and 
and putting into new. I think they're just trying everything and yeah, seeing yeah, what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, it's like a modular synth. Yeah, it's approach. a modular synth. Yeah, they're they're just like, how does this sound? Oh, bad. And then they'll put it in something else. Uh, well, no more of those. And they just like patch over the hole and say like, no more of those. And then they'll just keep doing that until eventually. I guess they'll just be left with like maybe six holes out of six like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, maybe. six holes out of what what used to be uh, all of the holes. Yeah, all of the holes. I know, wow. nope. but we'll that's see. fine. We'll it's see. I don't know. It's, it's funny. It's actually an interesting thing to watch and see how everybody's going to figure it all out because Disney just got Iger back and all that stuff, and you know, so handed over the keys to someone else. Like I don't like that. I would take him back. You know, pull the Leno. <laughs> Drive my car. <laughs> Give me back my car. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, that's kind of like that was like what happened. Same. Well, I mean, you know, from a surface level, of like with Conan and Leno with the Tonight Show was yeah. very much like, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Give it back. Yeah, totally. That was exactly such a weird feeling. Such a strange thing to watch, too. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And it was really, I didn't quite understand it. And I've done Jay. I've met Jay a couple times, obviously years and years. And obviously, I opened for Conan when he yeah. did his. Um, I cannot do anything except for tour, uh, tour, and yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was awesome, and that was really great, and I'm a huge Conan fan, but it was kind of like I was. I remember asking my publicist, I was like, "Is it okay for me to do Jay Leno or whatever?" And they're just like, "No one, no one cares. Nobody cares. Um, you know, Conan's over it. Yeah. Uh, Jay's, Jay's, Jay's was nothing but a sweet guy to me. So you know, and who knows the politics of why that happened? Who knows whatever. But anyways, he was always nice to me, and so I was kind of nervous at first. And then Jay was just like, "Ah, yeah, come on by my uh, car museum, and uh, you know, check it out anytime you want." You know, I was like, "Wow, this guy's really sweet." Cool. Yeah, I've heard he's a super sweet guy. Yeah. In fact, he do- he still does like those invites people to those local car shows that he does and has yes. Warm and inviting is what I, I mean. I don't know much about any of that world. I mean, you're this is a, an odd little piece of information that means nothing to anybody but you and I. But mm-hmm. when Corden was here for the first like run when he was in the states, like and the show had just was going to get going. Um, oh, look at this! Look at this! Let's give it up for Carlos. There's that sugar free. Merci Carlos. T'es très gentil. Merci. Merci Mac. Grazie, 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 grazie. All right. It's great seeing you. If you need anything, we'll be in here. Okay. We'll be in here, Carlos. Thanks, Carlos. He's doing his own podcast. Yeah. It's called Red Bull Walks. He just goes and gets Red Bull for everybody on the street. I get it. It's nice. Saint James. When Corden was in, he was like meeting with comics and not to be writers on the show, but just to like to contribute bits maybe or something. It was kind of vague, but I remember sitting there and I was asking him about the context of the show and um, with Ben. And uh, he said, you know who I really want to get on the show like bad. Uh, and I was like, Oh who? And he's like, I want Reggie Watts to be like the house musician for it. And I was like, really? And he's like, do you know who that is? I was like, yeah, he's fucking great. And he was like, yeah, that's that's definitely who we're going for. That's like who I've wanted from the jump. And in my mind, I thought, yeah, okay, I don't know. I mean, ask him. I don't mean, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, <laughs> why? but I could feel that he really wanted you on the show, which was very sweet. Seeing you be a part of the show and years, you know, years of you on the show, it was just interesting because I've been a fan of you. I, I love your stuff for years. I think you're phenomenal. But when he said that, I thought, yeah, I wonder if you will do it. Right. I, I, you know, I don't know, but it was so wild to watch how much he actually really, truly wanted you on that show so bad. I was like, well, you know, what other style would you want if you couldn't get him? He's like, no, 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 we were, we'll do whatever, I'll do what it takes to get him on the show. Oh, man. So, I, I mean, I, it's a That's little cool sweet thing that. for you to, yeah, but it was, it was cool to see him kind of, he had it constructed in his brain the way that I think he wanted the show to look and feel and 
you were a big proponent of the conversation of that. And I thought, I hope you fucking get them. You know, I was Man. like, I hope it works. It's been a fun run, right? That's so cool. No, totally. It's been a fun run. It's been really cool. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, I, I expected I expected him to want to get out of it at some point. You sure. Because he kind of... I just I just got that vibe from him, you know. It's yeah. like he he wanted to do it for a while and see how it goes, and you know, and then probably move on to something else, you know. And that's kind of what he did. Everything that he said that he was that he wanted the show to do, um, and how he wanted, or specifically how he wanted me to be involved in the show, all of it was completely accurate. Like he he didn't he didn't make up anything. He didn't like sell something and then like not right do it. A little bait and switch. None yeah. of that. No, <laughs> he was good. just like straight up. Here's how I want it to be. This is what it's going to be like, and. Right, you know, and it was exactly that way. So I'm pretty. pretty what's the what's the what's the timeline now? You guys are coming to a like a close. Yeah, April 28th is the last show. Wild. Yeah. Like this one. is what's interesting is like as a comedian and a performer, there is that what he said kind of sounds like stuff that we like where you're like I do want to get out of something at some point. We only like to do things for so long, and then we also get very bored and we're like I can't, I yes. can't, I can't. So it's kind of a blessing where you're like. Yeah, because it's probably a great gig, but also you probably want to do something else too and have yeah. more time to do that. Yes. Do you have a thing that you have been working on that you're wanting to do when the show comes to a close that you're ready to go do? Uh, you know, I have a few things out there that we're pitching. There's a kind of a music show project um, that I'm doing with uh, Eric Andre. Love. And um, Rick Rubin. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. It's gonna be a straight up like music show, me being a host and like um, having bands play live. Oh, nice! Uh, but the main number one rule is no playback, no playback tracks. No playback tracks. No, they have to play live. Love like, that. I will not allow. Well, that's very on brand for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I mean, I, I get it when you're on tour or whatever, and you or like you can't afford a couple of musicians or something like that. But I'm like, for this show, figure it out. You're figure playing live. And it's called Figure It Out. You're playing it live. Yes, it is. The it's name called, of the show. Yeah, Figure It Out. Figure <laughs> F-I-O-Y-P-L. Y-P-L, yeah. There you go. Have you guys seen F-I-O-Y-P-L? It's so good. It's such a good show. Really good. Figure It Out. You're playing it live. Yeah, totally. It's like, oh, shit, I didn't know. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. We sent you the contract. It's in the damn title. Yeah, Figure It Out. You're playing it live. It's like, oh, I just thought you guys were joking. No, man. Dead serious. Okay, well. The thing I just saw about Ruben that I really, you know, beyond all the history of that guy what i appreciate and love about that guy i saw him they did a piece about his home recently and how minimalist he is and i he was just explaining like why he doesn't like feel the need for junk and i've tried to hold on to that my whole life yeah, because yeah. my parents like never had we never had like cluttery stuff around my house like no trinkets or knickknacks or tchotchkes or whatever yeah and I try to do that, but I find as you get older, it gets so hard because you just acquire shit on accident. People give you stuff. Yes, and you're like, what you the find fuck am stuff. I doing with this stuff? I know, I know. I, I'm the same way. My my house gets really like full of stuff because it would be like, here's a gift bag, here's a gift, here's another gift bag, here's another gift bag. And you're like, oh cool. And then you're like, oh, and you know what I really wanted to buy? And you buy that thing, and you're like, I don't even want fucking. Why do I buy? It? I don't I, want that thing. I know, I know. It happens. Sit there. Happens all the time. I have so so many headphones. <laughs> so many sitting headphones. around. I try to sell them, you know, or I try to find friends to give them to. But yeah. it's like I really got to figure out my shit. But yeah, no. But I, you know, I think in all seriousness, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited about moving on, and and um, you know, there's a possible Reggie Watts show that's being should be gener generated, um, which I think would be really, really fun. Yeah. And 
um, t- uh, Tim Heidecker is involved in that, and so we'll 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 see. But uh, I really love Tim, and I trust his sensibilities, and I hope that we can do something together. Definitely be sick, but yeah, stuff like that. But it's nice that you kind of see the the light at the end of the tunnel where you get to just kind of feel like uh, it's nice. It's it's kind of like I just shot an hour and I'm done with this hour that I'm putting out. And the anxiety is high because you're also like, oh, I'm kind of starting over a little bit. Yeah. But it's also like super exciting because I'm like, ooh, you know, what is – what's the next turn going to be? And you're like, I don't know, but I'm I'm stoked to see what it feels like, even if it's taking a little bit of an L for a little while and writing new shit and making new stuff and putting it back out and – yeah. You know, it is exciting. What's it's it, nerve-wracking. What's it coming out on? January 10th. On what? Netflix. Oh, cool. Ba-dum. Nice. The people we just made fun of at the beginning of the show. Oh, no, that's that's HBO. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. <laughs> what are the other ones? What's, what's Showtime? Uh, oh, yeah. I think that's what it is. It's, yeah, it is. Uh, and what's uh, what, what what's the I other premium networks? I don't know if I know any others. Uh, well, now that now everybody's H- a streaming premium network, so. HBO. Yeah, there's a Paramount Plus, which... I'm not sure what that is. Disney is just every time that plus comes on, I always expect it to make a a sound or whatever. But that's another company that does that. I can't remember. Yeah, well, somebody else does a click. Yeah, they do this like weird click. Because you're so musically inclined, do you see ads and stuff like that that annoy you when you hear them? And you're like, God, you could make that sound so much better. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. There's. I mean, mostly I notice when I can't stand the music i'm not necessarily saying like this could be better i'm just like this sucks yeah <laughs> but, i mean maybe maybe on something i like i would be like oh that i think they could do better i mean i like the porsche sound you know oh yeah that sh- that's really good you know it's sh- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that has a very like uh yeah that is very good it's because i feel like it is what porsche should be for some reason you yeah, know what i mean like yeah. some people get that so like would you ever would you ever do stuff like that if they were like Reggie, we want you to just make sounds for our company to represent the name of our company? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Audio logos. Audio logos. Maybe. Yeah, I would I would do that. I Big love business. I love all that stuff. I love audio logos. I love like coming up with theme songs and ad campaigns. Like I just like have a kind of an advertiser's head, but all my stuff is like you know, I, I just I think it's funny. I think advertising's funny. It is funny. And it's just like a an interesting gig, but it's also so Sounds funny, but like it's just so easy because it comes so naturally to me. To you, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah. Here's the tag. Here's the log line. Here's the theme. And everybody's like, oh my god, I, 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 you I, did I, it! Yeah. He's a genius. <laughs> Took no, you six seconds no. in your in your in your slides at home. Just six watched, a cup of coffee. Two, two one much. note on the keyboard. Done. Yeah, like, oh my like, god. Uh, it's like this guy's really good. I'm like, uh, thanks, man. I gotta go to my next gig. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, that would be a dream gig. Just me walking in, like, as a consultant, just like walk in and go, "That's cool. I don't like that. That's cool. I think you should do this. See you guys later." And then I would love to do that. If I, that's what I did all day, I would be very just happy. a pillowcase and you're like, put the checks in here, please. Yeah, totally. Thank please. you so much. Just have someone like walking behind me. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's my like, check boy, like a like a, a Catholic church or something like that. Just passing around this basket. Yeah, yeah. Pass the basket. All the executives yeah, totally. put put money in. Please? please you will have to it's not optional thing by the way that that should be what it should be like sometimes you go to those meetings you know like you guys i i put some money in the basket for me before i get out of here yeah totally just like i'm just feeling it yeah just, just feel throw it. it in you guys have it yeah, like, uh, you guys all got it to give because i think that like uh with your like with your ability to hear that stuff you do say it's easy it is funny but for somebody for the average joe schmo like most people don't think about that why it clicks and why like the sound is so like associative and why it works yeah but you see it in a different way, kind of like people that are like, um, 
what is it synesthetic you know that like yeah 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 do you have any of that at all like do you feel sound in a different way you think than some people do you see it in a different way i don't know if i i yeah i don't honestly know if that um if that's true i mean obviously like you know you hear something and you're like oh that's tasty you know whatever but Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's quite the same thing but i i just have like a i think i just have more of a ear for why things get into your head you Mm -hmm. know like what 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 turns people on or like what 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 activates something like a sound that makes someone go oh perk up and um just again because i was an only child and i i just grew up watching tv you know like so much so much tv and i and i love the commercials you know and and was so interested in how they're doing the commercials and the angles and the phrases and stuff so i think i it's so deeply ingrained in me plus i'm a musician so it's i think that just kind of just became a hobby like just a part of my myself is there a commercial that stuck out to you when you were a kid that you that like embedded itself into your brain i there's there's a bunch. I mean, there's like a bunch of logos, like you know, by men, and you know, yeah. like that always comes <laughs> yeah, in yeah. or Nabisco. Um, but there's one. I think it was for for a detergent, laundry detergent, and the, the line was like ancient Chinese secret, huh? And it was like this Chinese couple running a um, oh, a, I remember uh, like a laundromat or a yeah. dry cleaning business or something like that, and. Uh, and I, I was kind of scared to go back and see the commercial because I think someone had like compiled a bunch of commercials from the '80s or whatever, and uh, and I was a little scared. I was like, "Is this gonna be super racist?" And uh, and it's not. It was actually not really racist at all. They're because they're pretty chill. Like they're just they just have a business and they're just chilling. And someone comes in there and you know it's like, "Oh, this is so clean" or whatever. Like, "Yeah, you guys are great" or whatever. And then someone then is. I don't know, someone, his wife or someone comes out and goes like, hey, uh, and they, they have no accents at all. They're just like American, which I, which I just love. I was yeah. like, okay. I was really afraid because in my mind, I was like, did I, I, yeah. th- I remember their voices just being like a straight kind of flat American accent, but like maybe I was wrong. And then it was just like, oh, hey, it was just like people hanging out doing a scene. And I was like, thank, thank the gods. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, uh, but at the end of it, like, she's like, yeah, here's. Cal, not Calgon. It was some product, and they're just like, "Oh, I think we need more of this or whatever." And then the person, you know, the the customer is like, "Ancient Chinese secret, huh?" And the guy's like, "Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever, man. You'll be back. Yeah, you'll You're be not back. Doing this yourself. We're still doing it for you. So I guess you'll probably be back if you don't have the time." It is funny how many of those commercials you do look back on, and you are like, "Whoa, we got away with that." One, oh, huh? yeah, holy oh, shit! God, man. <laughs> like you see them getting away with stuff that you are like. I can't believe – like I watched that documentary uh, a couple of weeks ago about the guy who tried to sue Pepsi because they offered him a, a – they put a, a jet – did you see this? Do you know about this? It's called like Where's My Money Pepsi or something. Uh-huh. It's essentially – Pepsi ran this campaign. When was this? Uh, I want to say it was in the late 80s, 80s early okay. 90s. And it was about uh, – Pepsi had Pepsi Bucks. Remember Marlboro Miles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Collect, which, by the way, we'll, we'll talk about white trash I collected. Yeah, uh, my dad – well, my dad and uh, every girl he ever dated would smoke. And so like when I started to learn, I was like, you could get a jacket? from just smoke and i was like so i would rip off all the marlboro miles and collect them yeah and send them in (laughs) yeah dude how trash but pepsi started kind of a similar campaign i think it was the same company that did that they said in the documentary it was like pepsi bucks or whatever but you'd collect them and you would get memorabilia and of course in the commercial they ran this ad that was like um for a for a harrier jet you know like a like a military jet jet, and it lands outside of a school and it says, I think it said like, oh God, I'm so dumb. I just saw it. But it was like a million Pepsi bucks or a Pepsi points or whatever. You know, and obviously they did it, did it in jest. But this kid found out a way that you could you can physically pay for Pepsi bucks through this catalog. 
So he found an investor and was like, we could actually, get, they owe us a jet if we do this the right way. Whoa. Yeah, and it was this whole court case about, you know, the legality of the language involved. And of course, you know, Pepsi, you know, flicked him right off. But they did keep trying to go back to Pepsi continually to see like what they could get out of this thing oh for God. false advertising. Is They wanted to sue them. Yeah. And that kind of, of course, was probably the birth of like legal language being heavily embedded into commercials now that you see every commercial is like... Oh, that's right. You know, it's a brick of legal language yeah, at the bottom was, because, yeah. you know, Pepsi said, oh, you'll get a jet. And this kid was like, I'm going to try to get a jet. And also a piece of me is like, they owe you the jet. Give them the jet. <laughs> Give them the jet, Jesus, Pepsi. you're Pepsi. You're Pepsi, like, dude. Like, who cares? It would be a cool PR move for them to... They, they If they were smart, like in retrospect of all these companies when these things happen, you're like... Make it a move that makes you guys look cool again. Give him, so, a, give him a jet f for TV, pay him, and just be like, whoa, look at this dope thing we did, but it's the only one we're ever going to do. I know. I mean, Make just, it a bit. Just add that language like it's the only one we're ever going to do. I, I never really get why. That's the thing that always like blows me away when there's an obvious right thing to do. Yeah. And a company just chooses not to, where the, it's more valuable to have the goodwill of people than yeah. to save money. Yeah, I yeah. never really get why they make decisions like that. I guess it's just more powerful. More, but... yeah, and the, and the cor and corp big corporations don't want you to. They don't want to, you know, look like they lost anything. So they're like, you know what I'm saying? Like they just they have yeah. that attitude. They're like, you don't get to beat us at our own game. Like right. we're tricking people to give us money. Right. We're not right. giving you money. That's right. we're the best at that. We're the con artists. Yeah. We've been, <laughs> yeah. You don't rob the thief. We've it, been doing that. Man. You're right. Yeah. So it's pride almost. That sucks. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, Whiskey Ginger will be right back. How do you get shirts so clean, Mr. Lee? Ancient Chinese secret. My husband, some hotshot. Here's his ancient Chinese secret. New improved Calgon. Calgon's two water softeners soften wash water so detergents clean better. In hardest water, Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. Hey, boys out there, uh, let me tell you something. A lot of guys want a better sex life. A lot of guys are uh, not having a good sex life, and that's okay. Up to 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of enjoying their sex. All right, if you want to have a better sex life, you're not alone. Promise you're not alone. Roman is here to help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps you achieve and maintain a strong erection. You want to be strong like bull? You want to be hot as a rock? You want to be tough as a tuft? I have no idea what I'm saying. Roman offers discreet wipes to help you last up to four times longer in bed. That's pretty amazing. You just do a little wipe and swipe, and uh, your boy's in a little bit of a day's haze and uh, having a good time staying stiff and lasting much much longer uh in men with uh, low t low t uh, getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido and roman offers a testosterone test they include lab processing with that if it's appropriate for you treatment for low t is there for you uh, at Roman, there's no waiting rooms, no hassle, just straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your own home. This is what I love about this kind of stuff. You don't have to go to doctor's offices anymore because nobody wants to go there. Uh, if medication or testing is appropriate, Roman is going to send it directly to your door. Discreet packaging. No one's going to know. Your neighbor Mark's not going to be like, what are you getting? None of your business, Mark. I'm getting something for my business. None of your business to help me last longer. Okay, buddy? You don't need to tell him that, of course. Anyway, to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals go to 
whiskey. That is ro.co slash whiskey today and get 20% off your entire first order. Awesome is a word you would use to describe the show Whiskey Ginger. Uh, it's also what I would use to describe the box of awesome is awesome from Bespoke Post. I've talked about this many a times on the show, and i got to tell you something about these these guys at Bespoke. Um, they've sent me a bunch of different boxes. I just got a, a few. Uh, the Slash is what I got recently, which is uh, uh, the knife that's uh, made by Bare Bones in Salt Lake City, this company that makes great uh, handmade knives. They've given me the cask, which, of course, you can brew your own concoction, your own Manhattan, or your own old-fashioned inside of there. Um, but they send you these these incredible box of awesome, which is all made uh, from local uh, small businesses, which I'm a big fan of. And so you feel like you're supporting a small business and you're getting something unique. It can be for you. It can also be for friends and family, uh, for whoever you want to buy a gift for. The box of awesome, you know, uh, through Bespoke Post, they partners with all these small businesses, giving brands, emerging brands, uh, unique goods every single month. And all you got to do is uh, go to boxofawesome.com, take this quiz, this questionnaire, help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and every box is valued at around $70. You're going to pay a fraction of that. Uh, and you're supporting small businesses. So I'm big on that. Uh, go check them out. They have everything. They have outdoor gear. They have uh, stuff for drinking. they got American barbecue rubs on there in the carnivore. Um, they really do have great, cool, unique, fun gifts. So check it out right now. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code whiskey at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code is whiskey for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com. Code is whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers. But it's but but I think me. in its in its, um, I'm stuck on it now. But like I think in its infancy, I think advertising probably was more genuine than it became. Sure. Like you know, it was really like, look at this product. I really want to show the world. I watched a thing about the history of Legos, which was fascinating, and how they discovered oh, wow. that they stuck together because for years they were just building blocks that were stacked. Right. Yeah, because they couldn't snap. They couldn't snap, and yeah. when they discovered snap, and when you like yeah. made this, when they made this advertisement about how they could snap, the technology was sold to. Um, it was like a vacuum company. It was wild. Wow. For like and, attachments or something. Yeah, man. Something. And then uh, the original inventor bought it back because they just kind of were just... They weren't doing anything They weren't doing it. anything with it. Yeah. And he was like, well, give it to me back yeah. so I can show people this cool toy for kids that I really want to have as like this, you know, dope thing. Kids could like have these f- imaginations and grow stuff out of, you know, yeah. out of nothing. Yeah. Which I think was the original intention. He was like, no, no, no. I want people to have like engineer imaginations to build whatever they've ever thought of. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And now it's you know. Well, now it's like predefined. Like like here's all the steps. And... Right. You want to build the. Yeah. You want to build the Death Star. You have to. Yeah. You have build, to go step by step by you step. Have to, yeah. You have to actually do it, which is cool. It's constructive for kids, a hundred percent. But I mean, like I think like creative kids are just going to get a, a Lego set, probably build it right once, and then it just gets thrown into the big bucket, and totally. you just like build whatever you want well do you feel like we had uh, um you know like i feel like we had to make more with nothing a little bit sometimes as kids like mm-hmm. did you find yourself were you always in were you always was music always a big part of your life when you were a kid or no did you find it later no i, I mean i studied music starting at age five so God, i was doing crazy. yeah i was i was doing um uh private lessons at five till 16 and then um yeah, and then violin for eight years in the school public school system. So I took private yeah, private piano. I didn't really play piano in school, and then I took violin. Started violin in fourth grade, I think, in elementary school, and and then was in uh, a school orchestra in junior high and high school up until about sixteen. 
Is there any instrument that you that you wish you could play, but you like don't either don't have time or just haven't invested in it that you're like I really love that thing. I wish I could do it. I mean, God, I'm trying to think. I mean, I love guitar, um, and I love bass guitar. Yeah, sexy bass is so sexy. Bass is like. Pro, I'm gonna say it's probably my favorite. Although guitar is really cool because like you have much more more chordal possibilities. Although Thundercat would beg to differ. I was just gonna say, um, yeah. Uh, but and those guys are just like, what? Yeah, but <laughs> Watch I mean, me. you know, these playing like six string fucking bass. You know, that's just like it just uh, it's just a bunch of strings with a thick neck, and they're just like <laughs> all over it, yeah. doing different inversions and shit. But um, I, you know, I've always want. I tried playing bass, but I don't have the wrist for it. I have really like kind of delicate wrists dainty is the good word yeah dainty, dainty delicate and and kind of delicate hands and so and i've always been that way so i guess it was i was always destined to be a keyboard player synth player right because synthesis is all like fine adjustments of like these like little knobs and buttons and switches and yeah. stuff like that and and effects pedals technology interfacing with technology so i became in high school uh, i think it was 16 i got my first synthesizer which was a roland w30 which was the world's first branded uh, music workstation. So, so it had a quarter inch input for a sampler. So you could like get a microphone, yeah. sample stuff, and then like put it on the keyboard and, you know, lay it out how you want to. And it had a sequencer, 16 track sequencer in it. And it had a 3.5 inch floppy disk drive that you could save songs on there. And it, it was a pretty, pretty rad piece of machinery for, yeah. for a kid my age. I got really lucky. But, um, and then I played synth bass. So, I mean, you know, I, I have an appreciation for, for bass guitar. I just think bass is one of my favorite. My, my bass player that I play with, Hagar, um, is one of the greatest musicians I've ever played with in my life. And she, every single day, she's so casual. She'll just casually lay down some line. And I'm just like, what are you? Like, like she's, <laughs> yeah. she's like, can do anything. Like, she's amazing. And, and my guitar player, Tim Young, as well, um, Again, I would argue that he's one of the greatest musicians on the planet right now, easily. And that's did, not even hyperbole. Did you have, you know, like for music for the show, you did James kind of give you full reign to do whatever you wanted? I mean, truly, was he kind of like, whatever, man, you you make your you make your section your section and do what you want to do? Yeah, he was he was he was like, yeah, do whatever the hell you want to do. It was great. I was like, okay, I knew exactly who I wanted. You know, I was like, I, I knew I wanted Tim and Steve. Steve's the keyboard player, and um, and uh, and I told them, you know, basically I said I want to choose the musicians. I'll put together the band. I don't want the band to have. Um, I was thinking about a horn section for a little bit, but then was like, I think it'd be better if it's more of a rock a rock style formation mm -hmm. band. So we just have drums, bass, um, guitar, keys, and then myself, and that way everything's covered. And um, I didn't want to. Told him I didn't want to be wearing suits. Um, I didn't want, I didn't want to. We have on occasion, but not that much, thankfully. I don't want to back uh, solo artists, like be the backing band for wow. solo artists that's guesting on the show. I think it just looks tacky. It's always, it's always bothered me since a kid. You know, like you're on, like you're watching Letterman or whatever, and mm -hmm. it's like 
you know, Paul Schaefer Paul. is just like going, ooh, yeah, like just laying down the cards. I mean, he's a, he's a cool guy. He's a hyper accomplished guy. But but you know what I mean? The styles yeah. don't matter. You've got like this young, sexy, right. whatever, like solo artist, and they're like singing. And then you've got like these like middle-aged guys yeah, behind yeah. there like, hey, man, that's groovy. You guys are – I was just like, I don't want to – I don't like that. It just, it just right. feels a little cheap. It feels yeah. like, why didn't you spend the money and get your own band? That kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so – so I didn't want to do that and I didn't want to rehearse. I wanted everything to be improvised. And so so I made them make sure that we had a comm system so we can talk to each other and not be part of the show and make decisions on the fly. And um yeah, and that was that was kind of it cuz I you know, all the music on a on a late night show with a band when they're playing out or into commercial or even for an introduction or whatever, or a, a, a theme for a game or whatever. They're all like maximum, what, like 30 seconds? I was gonna say, 20 man, seconds? Yeah, probably closer 10 to 10 seconds. To 15, yeah. Like if it's a, if it's a, if it's just a, you know, like, um, da, 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 da. I mean, it's like five seconds, like yeah. for like introducing something. And then when we go out to commercial break, sometimes they'll, it's variable, obviously, like how much time they need in the show or whatever. But usually at maximum, you're going to get like 20 seconds maximum. So in my mind, I was like, we don't need to be rehearsing. Like, why would we rehearse for that? Right. There's no time at all. Just feel it. And no covers. And we wouldn't do any covers. That was the other thing I didn't want to do. Um, so I was like, let's just, yeah, let's just improvise. But then the thing I didn't really realize is that by improvising uh we are generating our own material and so yeah. we still have to put it on a, on the sheet on the that shows all the names of all the bumps that we did for right. publishing and then i gave equal publishing to the whole band so we're all sharing equal publishing because we're all like coming up with shit even though in the beginning i kind of generated most of the ideas then the band started submitting their own ideas and then and then you know, now we're logging those ideas, right? Because they were naming them, and then right. they're 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 registered, and then Tim, the guitar player, he's got a, um, I guess you'd call it a photographic memory. He can remember any piece of music he's ever played. What? Yeah, it's crazy. He's it's insane his memory, and so so he remembers those. So he's writing those down, but then we're also remembering the song. So uh, over time, the band is actually remembering writing and then remembering these this catalog that we're doing. And now we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of of bumps, what we call them, and right. they're just like partial ideas. You know, like it could just be a groove, could have two sections, could have three sections, depends. And then we just call them out now. So, you know, Tim at the top of the show will be like, ah, oh, we're going to do uh, uh, whatever, Parkeek, par and we're going to do uh, Mother's Shoe, or, what you know, all the dumb names that we come up with. And uh, and then that's our playlist. So now, when because the show's syndicated, um, now all that publishing comes to us. Huge. Because it's all of our own music. But I, that wasn't what I wasn't thinking that in the beginning. It just kind of happened because I was like, I don't want to be rehearsing I would right sit around and go like let's rehearse the thing that we're going to do live anyways that's so cool to think that you're like we didn't plan for it, but man was it a, it was a good no plan plan yeah yeah good accidental plan <laughs> oh totally totally and that's you know and that's the thing i noticed about you know the, the best thing about being on the show is me making notes about what kind of a show i would like to do sure you know yeah learning totally learning and just seeing how, how does production work you know how's the the camera guys you know where are they moving what are they doing what is the uh uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, 
like the gaffers and the grips. And right. Like how do they coordinate and how do they communicate and, you know, what's the director? Uh, oh, spam risk. I love getting calls from spam Answer risk. it, dude. No, Let that spammer on. know what's going it's on. Too, I, listen, I love taking risks. You know, I'm a big, <laughs> big thrill seeker, but today I told myself You're no spam averse. risk during yeah. this podcast. Yeah, you got to be risk averse. <laughs> I promised. I said, no way. I'll look at the phone to see who it is, but I will not take you it. You cannot take it. Yeah. You can't. Um, no, but that worked out. I mean, that, I mean, that's pretty brilliant the way it worked out. And kudos that sharing the publishing and all that stuff is a very cool move. I mean, I you know, I don't know the world of, of music if that's standard or if it's like, well, that was just the way it worked out for you. And it, It's not standard. It's not standard. I, I first started in my original project in Seattle in the 90s because um, I was, you know, my band was, I mean, they were kind of like, nudging me pretty hard about it but yeah. they were just like because like the way that it works it's like you you have half the publishing goes to i think lyrics and melody mm-hmm. and then the other or no i think it just i think one half goes to lyrics or something like that maybe melodies included and then the other half is all is is music so what ends up happening is a lead singer who is a songwriter in a band can technically make like 60 or 75% publishing. Wow. And then the rest goes to the band. Right. Something like that. I know someone listening out there would be like, it's actually, that's not true. It's but, but, 64%. It's 64%. <laughs> so actually what you deduce the... No, but I mean, it, it, it's it's at least half. Let's say, let's say that. Sure. You could take half of that chunk of publishing. And for me, I, it just didn't make any fucking sense. I was like, we're, we're, we're jamming. Even if I come up with a bass groove or whatever and, and like a partial melody in my head and I bring it into the, the, the band room and then we all start jamming on it and then like finding other parts to do, even if I'm directing them like, ooh, what was that chord? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's use that for uh, let's use that for like a bridge or something like that. Even if I'm doing that, everyone's still writing their parts. Sure. So to me, it just averages out. So why not just from the get-go just say like we're all in it together because I'm also, I get tired, like I almost get like too emotional about it, but I get tired of musicians getting asked out. I mean, I, I get tired of drummers getting the short end of the stick. I get tired of hearing guitar players that put so much energy into stuff, only like making a fraction of what they should be making, um, or any artist for that for that matter. It's always the star people, the people who get like that spotlight that really have to decide how are you going to use this wealth because for whatever reason now you have to be the person to decide so if that person's an asshole they might just keep all of that shit and be like hey that's industry that's industry standard man i'm just i'm just going with the the industry it's just how it is as a songwriter this is how it is or like a ghostwriter i have a good book coming out soon and i'm working with this ghostwriter and and i'm always like give letting the ghostwriter make some creative decisions because he's you know he's trying to channel me or whatever and but I like to give him that that, and he's like, "You got to realize this is very unusual for someone to be, whatever, like this, yeah. kind of like open about having you, you know." And I, I would totally like tell people who he was. I'm not like, going to pretend cares? like yeah. I wrote the book. <laughs> it's like I I wrote the book, but like I didn't write write the book. He mechanically wrote the book, and then he infused his own experience and style to make it my voice. And I think that's a huge part of it. I know they're supposed to be ghostwriters, but I just have a personality where I have to let. I have to give people credit yeah. for the work that they do. And I think I got that from my mom. I think my mom is such a hard, hard work. I think that you, we probably have similar hardworking parents. Oh, yeah. I, I have a my mom it still works, which is like. Really? Yeah, I think she, it's hard for her to give up. You know, I think Man. she had a moment where she was like, 
I think I want to stop. And then, you know, we've got my family and my bloodline is my everyone's always been. Yeah, where'd you grow up? Chicago. Oh, I had a feeling. I was like, I had a Midwest vibe from you. Well, and everybody always had this like, what am I gonna do? Once I quit anyway, like I kind of want to, if I'm, if I enjoy it, why would I stop? Which is kind of like helpful to be in the careers that we're in where you're like, uh, you know, if somebody was like, when would you stop doing whatever in comedy? It's like, I don't fucking know. It's your brain. I guess you when know I, I mean? die, <laughs> I guess when my, my system turns off and it's yeah, like, yeah. you're going to go to, to sleep. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, then I'll stop. <laughs> the last words you say on your deathbed are like, I retire. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, now we retire. Uh, I wish finally. you would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell you, finally, geez. Jesus, uh, he would he never retired. retire. Wait a minute, when you say retire, you mean expire or retire? It's the same uh, thing, Mark. <laughs> don't do that. Okay, 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 all right. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, like, uh, it's embedded into, I feel like, my, you know, the joke with my grandmother was like, she'd sit on the curb to watch a dog fight. She, like, had, she wanted to be involved in, she always wanted to go do something or be a part of something or, you know, uh, create or make or, it was just, it was tough for our family to sit still. We're not sit stillers, so you have lots of brothers and sisters. No, but no. I mean, I I have only one by okay. my by. I'm I'm one of one from my original parents, and I have a and I have halves all over. But yeah, um, but just like our whole my mom's side of the family, everybody, like everybody wants to do something all the time. Yeah, nobody hustlers. is. Yeah, nobody like, is like, oh, just chill out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no lazy bones. My, yeah, my mom was like always fucking working. She was a house cleaner for uh, the base because my dad was in the Air Force. Yeah. And we lived off base, but uh, she was a private, whatever, cleaning contractor. And she was the best. Uh, you know, she was always getting calls. So she was slammed all the time. And, and so couldn't say no. She couldn't say no because she was making that money. And yeah. she also liked nice stuff. So she would save up and, you know, lay away and she collected Liadro, which is like the, you know, the, uh, ceramics or whatever mm-hmm. por- uh, porcelain stuff and um she you know and our house is like really pretty and like well made and um and she cared about like she liked fancy stuff so she worked her ass off really hard and my dad too you know he was uh, worked on the ohio turnpike he's from cleveland mm-hmm. and so um he you know when at during high school he kind of my mom kicked him out because he was getting kind of a little too aggro and i was starting to get aggro and she was just fearing both of us like a, a just was he a, a big fight. guy? Fist fight. He was not a big guy. He was like 5'10", five, ten, five, ten, very slight build. Um, he was a judo guy. He was a black belt in oh, judo, judo. Or he was a brown belt in judo. Um, but, you know, he got sicker as he got later in life with emphasis. He was a smoker. Like, a, like he and my mom smoked a shit ton and eventually caught up with him and he had heart problems and he got emphysema and so just like you know kept Kept notching him down kept notching him down so you know so but in high school he definitely had the energy for sure but he had had like the heart attack you know so he wasn't as ferocious as I think he could have been (laughs) so it might have worked out the heart attack worked out Uh, (laughs) thank god for the heart attack slowed him down a little bit benevolent heart attacks let me tell you when you have to have open heart surgery bull boy uh, it sets you back it does it really does set you back if not lays you out but uh yeah, so uh but he, you know, but he was always uh, always hustling. He was, you know, working at a meat plant, meat packing plant. We managed that in Great Falls and then he like was working on the Ohio Turnpike and he was getting a degree in management. And my mom was working all the time and so I come from a family of hard workers and all my my fam- my mom's family is all like in France. They were all uh, paramedics, uh gendarmes, uh you know, it's kind of like the military police and mm-hmm. the regular police and uh, farmers and uh Hunters, so everybody, everybody in my family, my dad's side of the family, 
the all hard worker black community, Cleveland, Ohio, from Akron, Cleveland Channel area or whatever. And, you know, like not a lot of money, but his parents like got sh- their shit together and got bought a house, a tiny house, you know, in a black neighborhood in Cleveland. In fact, I visited it recently uh, when I went to see Nine Inch Nails. But like, you know, everybody in my family, hard worker. Me, on the other hand, I was always just like, oh, come on, man. I just want to lay on the couch. <laughs> just let me do. But I will say that I do have that that ethic on a social level. Uh, right. I, 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 I'm the only one, like, when I show my schedule to people, like, if I show them, like, the month view or whatever, they're just like, what? Are you crazy? You yeah. know, for me, I feel like I do have tons of time. I feel like I'm a lazy. I've, I've always felt like, oh, I'm lazy. I'm just like. You know, but you're uh, not. You're working constantly. I am working constantly, but the, I think the reason why I think I'm lazy is because I don't rehearse. So you know what I mean. But even better. I know it is. It is better. But like when I see my friends, like I can't go out tonight. I got to finish this thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, all right. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just gonna play video games. I don't know. <laughs> you, know you know, like like my friends work so hard around me, and they're just putting in so much time. And I guess my thing is like, you know, when when it's time to do something, that's when I that's when I'm working. But some know? would say whatever you do during that downtime is your rehearsal. I I know as weird as that is, like interesting. I was trying to explain to a family member, you know, was about our process. I get, I understand that it's hard to conceptualize when someone's like, "I do comedy for a living," and they're like, "Do you?" And you're like, "I do." I mean, it's yes, I do. But they're like, "What do you do to the bits?" You know, people are always like, "How do you come up with the bits?" And you're like, "Well, my life is." my rehearsal so your downtime to Mm -hmm. me is kind of part of that rehearsal because it's where you find it works the best by the way if it wasn't working it wouldn't be working true so obviously true obviously obviously those legos are snapping together yeah 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 all right no you're right because otherwise i just feel like there's no right way to do it i had a friend of mine said to me he was like how come i've never physically seen you pen to paper but i feel he's like but i feel like you are writing a lot for stage and I'm always like because you're never going to be there when any of that happens I do it on my <laughs> little time yes it's just in my little nooks of time where I find it yeah but I know what he means by that because most people in society want to see you do it they, that's why they want to see you you know I want to see Reggie at rehearsal so we know that they're getting ready so we know that they're serious yeah it's like people like regiment because it makes them feel comfortable re- regardless of the product outcome yeah that you know it's the idea of why offices got closed down or, or whatever after the pandemic because yes. people are like, I want to know that you're there. Yes. You're like, yeah, but I do better from here. It's like, I want to know that you're there. I know. It's like they want to get their money's worth. Right. And, and, and I and I get it. Or they don't believe it. Or they, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they need some tangible thing that like justifies why, you know. Or it's like, if I'm going to suffer, you have to suffer. Oh like, my like, God. Like, I didn't even I think of it I went through it. You have to go through it. That's so true. I know. It's so, it's so you know, I have no idea like the phone calls that I'll get where we're like, I'll get hired to do a thing and like, like, I don't know, like an advertisement for something or whatever. And, uh, like a, I don't know, computer thing or something. And, uh, and they'll want a creative call, right. You know, like producers or whatever. So I get on the call and they're like, yeah, could you, um, uh, or what was it? I think it was for like some awards thing I was hosting or, or doing music for. They're like, can you send, uh, so, uh, an example of some of the, you know, music you'll be doing. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I'm an improviser, so I, I don't. I don't really have. I don't have anything, or I mean, I'm not. Basically, I'm not going to put together anything for you right. for that. Right. But if you want to see what I do, there's tons of examples online. Like you can go online and you can see. Like there's 
what you see me doing there, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'll do for you guys. And then you give me some parameters and I'll work within that. You sure. Know? And I'll make sure it's within this amount of time. And uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure you'll like it. That's probably why you're asking me to do it. <laughs> uh, but 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 you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, you have to convince. Like people are like they they are shocked or they they just don't believe that you're going to be able to do that. It's like this is a huge ad campaign. This is this is a multi million dollar ad campaign. Look, I know. And you're just going to walk in and just do and just and just do your thing. <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's that's right. That's what I do. Yeah. You, you like me, right? Yeah, you like no, me, No, we right? love you. We yeah. love you. Yeah, totally. We just want to know that you can do it differently uh, than the reason that we like you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny to me. But what's great is like when I prove them not necessarily wrong, but I just I just walk in and they're like, oh, that was easy. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yep. what I, that's why I do what I do. I, I'm only doing this to make it easy. I'm the type of guy that you walk in, like, that was really nice. That was really fun. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm shooting for. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm not, I would never want to do that. No. I just, I want to give you exactly what you want, but I also want to give you a little bit extra. And just so you'd be like, so just so you think, oh, I'm, I'm glad we worked with that guy. In here, we pour whiskey. This episode of Whiskey Ginger is brought to you by Rabbit Hole Distillery and their one-of-a-kind Kentucky bourbon and rye whiskeys. I've talked about these guys for so long now. I want you to jump down the rabbit hole with me. This is Boxer Grail, what I've been sip-sapping on. This is their rye. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not always a big rye guy, but what I love about them is each one of their bourbons are made from a distinct one-of-a-kind recipe using specially malted grains you're not going to find anywhere else. And they're actually small batch. A lot of people in their price range like to say that they're small batch, but that can mean 1,000 barrels. Who knows? They have 15, 15 barrels or less. You know the quality is going to be there in every bottle because they're not just shuffling out nonsense. Uh, they got the Cave Hill, which is the four-grain triple malt bourbon, the High Gold, that's the double malt, uh, Boxer Grail, Sour Mash Rye, and, of course, the Derringer, which is a sherry-finished bourbon that's finished in sherry casks. And I want to say this. I've had a lot of people say they've tried it, um, and they say, oh, dude, I like it, but... You know, it's it's not super cheap. It's like, yeah, it's not super cheap. This stuff is not going to be super cheap because the quality is actually there. Um, for its price point, I think it's extremely competitive. Um, and I, I dare you to find something that is in this price point that tastes as good as it does in all four of the expressions um, for the money that you get in a big, big, beautiful bottle to display on your bar at home. It's worth it. It's a nice sipper. Uh, this ain't a mixin'. This ain't, this, ain't, this ain't something you're throwing a bunch of nonsense mixers into. Sip it as it is. Enjoy it how you want. But... Really, it's worth it. Uh, you should give it a try. All you got to do is go to rabbitholedistillery.com slash drizzly, rabbitholedistillery.com slash drizzly. Use the promo code rabbit for $5 off your first order. You can go on that site and you can see where they sell it in your area. If you're not going to get it delivered, you want to go buy it personally at a store near you, you can do at rabbitholedistillery.com. Enjoy responsibly. Drink up. Have fun. Be safe. Happy holidays. Ginger. I like gingers. Do you imagine that if you did start prepping stuff like if if you did, you think the work would suffer? Prepping. It depends. It depends. I mean, I used to do a lot of experimental theater in New York. I did. I think I ended up doing like five pieces for the public theater and a couple other things. You know, and those are like hour long pieces that had other actors in them and so forth. So, but I had a writing partner, and we worked really, really, really well together. Right. So, um, yeah. So, for instance, we would have a weed cookie, sit down, and then I would just see stuff and say stuff. And then he'd pen it out. He would pen it out. And then he'd be like, well, what color do you see it as? Okay, cool. That's and cool. how long do you think it would go? I'm like, oh, it's like, do you think it would be blah, blah, And be like, yeah, you know what? Actually, no, you're right. Like, what do you think? Well, I think maybe, blah, you know, and that was our writing process, right? And that would, that would only take maybe 
45 minutes. So in 45 minutes, we'd have basically an hour long theater piece. And then, uh, then we, you know, we'd create the skeleton of it and there was just a bunch of structures and then we just focused on transitions. So that was the creative part was the transitions. Right. Everything that happened for that I would be involved in were mostly improvised. And then, then, you know, we, then we would start rehearsing it with the actors and then we would start, you know, defining some things or he would like make a short monologue for someone to say something or whatever. Cause he was a writer and and it would just happen that way. So I can I can prepare for things if it makes sense for what the outcome is. Sure. You know, when you're yeah. talking about multiple people working together. But even since then I've just thought about uh I just thought about like the way that I would like to create things and the way that I would like them to feel for people involved in the project, you know, um and how do I make this the simplest so that People don't have to prepare. They can do what they do in that moment. I'm choosing people that are good at that. and But we still get a result that looks like it was rehearsed for hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours and hours. Because that's my, that's my goal. It's almost like I don't really care about the creative aspects as much. Because I find that creativity just happens right. generally. If yeah. you're around people that you dig, of course things are going to bubble and things are going to happen. So I'm never worried about that. I just want to make sure that the structure, there's enough of a structure or skeleton that it gives the illusion that it's a very, very well rehearsed uh, thing. And that's what I get off on. I get off on that more than actually creating the thing. If that that, that Uh, makes any sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I want the end product. Someone go like, dude, how long did that take you to make? It's like... Yeah, a third of the time that it normally does. <laughs> and, like, like, and I just think that that to me is like the reward. Yeah. <laughs> that the whole time you're playing some like beautiful piece with these other talented people, yeah. the whole time you're thinking like, I'm getting one over on these people. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's like they think they think that was like one of the shows that I want to do where I just want to kind of like pick a song that's popular right now, like some hot song that's sure. at the top of the charts, go into a studio and I, like within a couple hours just make a track that sounds pretty not not like it's not a verbatim thing, but in the same spirit uh-huh. with the same high gloss production level. And then people go like, how long did that song take? Well, it took uh, seven songwriters. Uh, it took about, I'm going to say about three weeks, you know, to yeah. generate blah, blah, blah. It's like, how long does your song take? Uh, it took about two hours to make it and about an hour to mass mix and master it. <laughs> it's like, the, and uh... it's already out on Amazon. <laughs> but you can buy it. You yeah. can buy it right now. And it sounds just like, what do you mean? You know, it's like the same level of like, you know, do a leap track or whatever. Sure. And they're just like, holy shit, this, how fast? Because I love that idea of like just kind of letting people know that creativity, it, there is no, I mean, you said it earlier, but there is no right way to do anything. And um, you can just just go for it. Like there's like some things like if you've got a mind that loves to, that knows an outcome, that can feel an outcome, and you've got the skills and you pick good people to work with, you can generate stuff so fucking quickly. Like yeah. I, I would love to generate a short film in like record time, but have it look like something that someone toiled on for months and months and months, but it really only took like a week of shooting. I mean, there are plenty of examples of that. I'm just not, I'm not unique in that way, but, but, but there are many examples of that, but sure. I want it to look like it took like a it, lot it of energy. Took a lot of energy, yeah. To, to, to really like, we sat down in a room with eight writers, and it took forever. You know, it's like grinding. Yeah, we gr- we ground it out, and it's because I appreciate my friends that work their asses off. Like I have so many writer friends that work in writing rooms and stuff like that, and I I romanticize like oh, I'm sitting in a room. Like if I was in a write, writing writing group, I would be playing the role of a writer. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't fully be a writer in that room. I would. I mean, I would. I would do my best to be helpful, but the whole time would be doing it. I'd just be like, ah, isn't this crazy? I'm in a writer's room. <laughs> like, like I'd be more about like the reality of where I was instead of like actually. No, we're here to make something. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, we'll do that too. But also, isn't it crazy that we're actually doing it? <laughs> yeah. It's not that we're making this, right? I, know, totally. <laughs> I feel that. I do feel that way sometimes. Though I think everyone does have that. Like when I've done, you know, like. I've done a few a few seasons here and there for Andre's show where I'll go and oh, yeah. Eric's show and just go write stuff and write bits and then like we helped with Bad Trip and and oh nice there, there are moments where we'll sit there and we'll be throwing just nonsense into the sky yeah. and laughing at it yeah and I will take a second and be like this is so funny that this is what we're supposed to be doing because we're because like in in the idea of of a structural thing that gets put out for people to pay for to consume. You're like, oh, but we're the way to get that done is for us to just kind of goof and, you know, nonsensically argue about if flavored pistachios shelled are better than unshelled. Yes. Because that'll take 20 minutes, by the way. Oh, like that, that'll take a long enough time where someone will come up with something because we were fighting about that. Oh, man, I f- so feel that. I think in those situations, it's great. That's why I'm, I really do look forward to working with Tim Heidecker because – we riff really well. Yeah. Like like we we can riff, but I also have a passion for coming back to the thing that we're supposed to be doing. Like sure. even though I'm like all over, it'll be like so. Anyway, so when you were talking about like I love bringing it back and <laughs> yeah. like moving, advancing, right? So we go and like creative flourishes, come back, you know, uh, put something down, move forward, whatever. Um, and because uh, I do that to me, it's, that doesn't feel like writing. That's just like hanging out and you're blah blah blah. As long as someone's like marking the ideas and like mm-hmm. getting them down. Well, it's almost like you're the, uh, you know, everybody, a lot of people have like a, like a tripped counselor when everybody's tripping, there's always like one person that can recenter. If everybody starts to feel like we're all, everyone's getting a little too gone. And there's always one person that's like, let's focus and chill out. Let's yes. get right back to it. You're like, yeah. a, you're like a trip. You're like a trip den father. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Like, I know that we're enjoying this. We also need to center for a second because we're getting, some people are, are feeling a little overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's so like, I've, I've, yeah. are you the responsible person when you trip? I'm with kind other of like, oddly, you wouldn't think so, but I, I really am. Like, I, I, I mean, I've been on some really heavy ketamine trips yeah. where that shit, like, that zeroes you out, man. Oh, like yeah. that shit. Like if you're in a K hole, like you're not really there is no impulse to talk or to create logical structures. No. Like that's not the point, right? right? But I weirdly have this ability. Like let's say I'm let's say it's a lighter K trip, so you're able to talk and, and stuff like that. Uh it things will get so crazy, so abstract, so fragmented, and I'll still like come back to something we were talking about earlier, and <laughs> and it's I don't know how you do that. I don't. Well, yeah. I, you know, it's a funny thing because I've been doing it all my life. Like since I've been, uh, I mean, it could be a chaotic situation, not even drugs related, sure, or uh, an emergency situation, for instance, something about I don't know what it is. When an emergency happens, I go and I, I get really focused, and wow. I go and prac and pragmatic. 
and so most people are like, ah, ah, I know, like, full oh, panic. Fuck, fuck. Yeah. And I'll just be like looking at all the angles, going like, okay, where's it coming from? Where's it? How long when did it happen? Okay, of course. How are you doing? Okay, what do we have? You know, like right. that kind of stuff. I always think in that mode. And when I was a kid, you know, we'd be uh, <laughs> like do LSD one night, and I had to like pick up my mom from bingo from like a party that I was at at a friend's house. And then like meet and then have my friends meet me or meet my friends somewhere else. And so like I just had this always had this ability to kind of like find the the eye of the hurricane, mm-hmm. you know, just find that calm place in the high and just be like, OK, I'm in a car right now. And this is the rearview mirror. These are side view mirrors. You've done this a million times. This is this town is a grid. It's late at night. There's low traffic. Let's just go for it. whatever. Not I'm not vouching for driving. When you're no, not no. High. But, but it's impressive that you can have that functionality. Because I was never able to do that. Like I was never – when I'm gone, I feel like I've kind of given myself an, enough w- up enough where I'm like, I got to let this one take me. Oh, that's beautiful though. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, but also because what, sometimes when I try to center, yes. you know, um, that's when I kind of lose the fun sometimes. And I, and I don't mean fun like – I just mean sometimes I get – that will induce – Anxiety, yes. You know when I start to center too much, and if I'm trying to like, I see. Interesting. (laughs) Like I, I kind of just need to be like, you're trying to force yourself into something that you're just not naturally wanting to do. Yeah, my brain is like, what are you doing? Where are you going? It's safer over here. Yes, where we're having a little party. But I try to go back to that analytical or pragmatic part of my brain, and. That's a that to me. That's like a weird machine. That's it's like I walked in the room and everyone's working. They're like, get out of get out of here <laughs> before the boss comes. Back. <laughs> you're not supposed to be here, dude. If they catch you, you're in so much shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get out of here, man. You and his bitch. Like, ah, ah. hey, what's going on, guys? The guy we told you. Like, what, what happened? I don't know. I, I tried something I shouldn't have done. <laughs> that is exactly how I feel when I don't. Like, if I, if I, yeah, I was never good at, like, I knew friends that could get, even get stoned when we would get stoned and go back to somebody's parents' house. And they knew how to, um, you know, uh, like, hide it or whatever. Yeah, go to norm court. I mode. didn't, I never need, I, not, I, I never really wanted to hide it. I would just kind of be like, well, it is what it is. If they know I'm stoned, I know I'm stoned. I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of just didn't care. Yeah. Because I, I felt there was more anxiety in trying to hide it. I, you know? I totally get Yeah. Unless it's, I, I think, I think the thing that you've made me sprung into my mind is like, if it's not a game, then don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if there's a yeah. game to it, like, right. oh, I'm going to be like, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're not doing it, like, I'm just going to show up at the job site and weld some shit, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to hide that I'm high. Yeah. I mean, not that shit, but yeah. like, but like, if it if it's like, ooh, I wonder if I can pull this off, mm-hmm. you know, like, if it's that, then go for it. If it's not, then you're going to just be what you've just described. You're going to be babbling yourself. Yes. And being like, I'm supposed to be doing this. Why am I doing this? You don't need to be doing this. This is giving you a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And then like just getting in that spiral. Like when I used to get stoned in high school and I would come back from lunch, I would go with a group of guys and we would go get stoned at lunch and we'd come back. And what I love, my high school was very like dense. I mean, there was, I think it was uh, somewhere around like 3,700 people in our whole school. You know, yeah. each class was almost a grand. So it was very yeah. big. But the hallways were like just dense. I remember how dense they were all the time, like just thick. Yeah. And it was almost this wild dance where when I when I wasn't stoned, you're like anxiously weaving through people, like missing people. And there was almost this kind of beautiful 
dance happening of crossing, almost like the streets of Tokyo when people are just mm, so chaotic. Actually, yeah, you know, yeah. like, how is this working? Yeah. But high school was always like that. Like people are frantically going where they need to go and everyone's trying to make sense of it and just miss hitting this kid. And, uh, and when I would get stoned, I loved it so much because it it became I felt like I was in a video game. Yeah, I was like obstacle course. This is yeah the, and and you're watching your brain like terminator lines like you know like and section out where I need to go yeah. and how quickly I need to step aside. That to me was like the game that you're talking about. I can play into that. Oh, that I love. Then I'll just immerse myself into that yes, world. Yeah. Yes. Those were fun. Those were uh, fun days for high school. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I used to always like when I was in high school. I, my high school was uh, what was it? I think it was Oof. I want to say it was like 1,300 kids or like in the whole school. 1,500 kids, yeah, in the yeah, whole school. Okay, yeah. um, but still like, I, and I'm not totally sure about that, but but anyways, I, I, it was big enough and it was like an old school, you know, American style, whatever, like John Hughes looking high school. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite thing was just cruising down the halls and like, mm-hmm. you know, like someone's reaching, you know, up for their lockers and I go in between like them reaching, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like going exactly. under the door and like, yeah. just like, w- you know, fluid movement to try to get to my next class or whatever. And, and yeah, and I understand that. And I, I used to think to myself, like, this is training for the real, for the, my, the adult world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like, if I can navigate this and like make it to my classroom, I can make it anywhere. I can make it anywhere. <laughs> and then when I went to New York, I was like, it's kind of like that. It, it is. New York is a constant game. Of uh, how do I how do I uh, not break stride into where I'm going, but not interrupt somebody else's stride exactly. into where they're going? Yes, <laughs> yes. Challenge. I know, I know, I know. And I, you know, it's funny. And I, I know we're jumping all over the place, but it's kind of funny that these things kind of come up. And I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to talk about it, but like, I use that in traffic. Like when someone, like for instance, there's a there's a street at the end of my uh, my street where I where I turn to go to work. And there's a stoplight, and it, it hooks up to uh, Silver Lake Boulevard and off of Berkeley. And so, like, you stop at this light, and oftentimes people are, when they want to turn left, the light is so long. And sometimes it'll skip. It'll 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 turn red for the other ones, and, yeah. and our light that. will stay red, and it'll turn green again. And it's so frustrating. So I always make sure that I get as close to the center line, the yellow line, as possible, so that if I'm taking a left, people can get around me. Ah, very polite. Right? Thoughtful. People do not think about that. Like they'll think about what's in front of them, uh-huh. and they don't think about who's behind them. And for me in traffic, because I love driving so much, I, I'll I'll use any excuse if someone's like, "Oh, I need to pick up a thing," I'll be like, "I'll I'll take you." Like I just love driving. I'm driving all the time because it's such a game for me to like see like who like for instance, this the first time this has ever happened. I was driving back from work. I was on Beverly Boulevard, and uh, this. Uh, Car wanted put on his turn signal. I always reward people that use turn signals. First of all, because I over indicate. I'll 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 indicate like if I have to get into another lane for a second and move back, I'm like left turn signal, right right turn signal. And I also wait for at least one blink because I hate it when someone they they indicate and move at the same time. That's not the point. Not the The point. The point is to go like. This is where I want to go. Cool, I'm going. (laughs) So I so this guy put on his turn signal and then I did a double flash to say like go ahead and move in, you know, yeah. whatever. And so he did. And then he did what I've done before, which I didn't think anyone would even give a fuck about, is he did a double tap on his brake lights. Thank you. For thank you. Thank you. Oh. And I was like... Can we continue this? I like this so much. It is the be- it is the greatest <laughs> feeling when you get those polite moments in traffic yes. where you're like, oh, that was sweet. I just let you do... Because it's a, it's a game, right? For me, it's like, I want to be assertive. I'm going to take it. If someone's being slow as fuck, I'm looking for the gap because I yep. want to get... 
I want to get away from them. Yeah. I don't want I don't want them to be in my life. And if they're thinking if they're if they're thinking that they're trying to like punish me by like blocking, you know, whatever the things, I'm mm-hmm. like I will be I am in a very fast car and yeah. I'm an efficient driver. I will be out of your hair in less than a second. Yeah. Just let me through. You won't even know I was here. Yeah, you'll never even know. You'll you'll never have to raise your eye or ever again. But people will take it as a personal challenge. It's funny all the psychology and traffic. There is so much, and there's the there's so many unwritten rules of it. But I do <clears> think <throat> the language of cars is interesting. What you're talking about, it would be cool if we could create kind of a social norm of like t- what what signals indicated what. Because I've always said this to somebody, um, uh, like. You know, you've seen like a people, I've seen scrolling messages on like inside of a car. Someone has like a digital sign. Yes. Yeah. I wish we all had a oh thing where you could indicate, like as if the car itself could indicate to another car, you know, and without getting vitriol. It's like, obviously there's moments when you want to be like, fuck you. Yes, but, of course. But it'd be yeah. better if they were more positive influence because then everybody would, it would be more promotional of like, a, thank you or something simple yeah. and polite. You know what I mean? I think that's. There could be a cool language built around that because the psychology of driving is – I love driving. We Like I'm a big – I love cars and yeah, I think too. it is from, you know, from 50,000 feet. It's like 3,000-pound machines of, to- of total death and destruction yes. that we have to like – video game like high school stone yes. the same way we yes. have to delicately balance otherwise a ball of nonsense you know what i mean it turns into a terminator it's just like yeah you have to be careful uh and respectful but yes. when it works oh man it does feel really good it's it's oddly it's rewarding best. it's the best i mean you know there's those days where like i'd be like i really need to get somewhere you know and and I'm like, I'm going to hold this lane. I have a good feeling about this lane. You know, and you're holding a lane and like someone else, because you always, yeah. do you ever pick a car that you're kind of like, I oh, want to yeah. try to stay ahead of this car? Mm-hmm. So I'll do that a lot. And and, and you know, they'll drive by me. I'll be like, damn it. And I'm like, but I'm going to hold this lane. I'm holding lane. And then, and then weirdly, you're like going down maybe like four or five, six blocks later. Uh, for some reason, three cars will decide to, to get in the left turn lane and like a clear lane. I'm like, See you later. <laughs> I'm so glad I held my lane. I don't tell I held that lane, man. And you know, and then other times I just practice being calm, you know, because like when you're in a when you're in a car that's capable of going very, very fast, I, half of the and that's why I like electric cars. Like, you know, I lived with electric so car for, for so long because I'm like, well, how do you that power is a responsibility? How do you manage that power? These cars that they're selling now, you know, these electric cars, um, you know, they're going to zero sixty in like you know two second two reigns, second. and these are this is a car that anybody could buy if you got like, you know, whatever, make payments and you know get a loan or whatever, you could get this car. Yeah, and they're so fast, they're so heavy because they're electric. Yeah, so they weigh fifty two hundred pounds, you know, fifty three hundred pounds, yeah. whatever. Well, you know, obviously gas cars are lighter, but anyways, point is you have access to this machine and like you're saying, like you have to use it responsibly. And for me, I, I call the game inertial management. And so uh-huh. I, I go like, I have this amount of weight. I have this amount of power. What is this car capable of doing safely? But I'm slightly more on the assertive edge. right? Yes. And there are moments, you know, where like no one's, no one's around. I got my radar detector going on and I will just blast for a little <laughs> while but there's no one around it feels safe yeah. you know or i'm on a bridge for instance like 
There's no no cop on the bridge, uh-uh. no aerial surveillance. And what I do is I I call them light jumps. They're like 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 I've spooled up the FTL drive, right? And, and I just launch, and then I just erase that bridge. I just like oh, I just erase it. Feels so Boom. good. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this corner. Oh, it's gonna be real smooth. Oh yeah, nice nice hug in the corner. Oh, there's a pothole. I'm avoiding that. Okay, I'm slow <laughs> down. I'm looking under the cars. Make sure there's no feet under the cars. So that no one's gonna walk out. You know, like it's yeah. just a constant situational awareness rewarding thing i don't know drive no i love you're speaking my language i love it so much i like it when somebody asked me one time like why i like a fast cars um i was like because the feeling is it's like um it's responsible aggression like i Mm. i I do i I want to i want to feel it yeah but i'm but i'm i'm doing it with such conscious like conscious ability i know exactly what it does and when you learn how to drive quicker cars well truly you're you have so it's odd how much power you have over over it that you're like i know exactly the limits to take it to yes it's really interesting because you yeah uh, my dad's uh best friend is a huge car guy and my dad asked him when he bought his first turbo s and he was like you know what do you want you to do with this you know my dad is very much like what would you do what are you doing with this thing anyway yeah and he was like, where would you even go that fast? That's a constant question. People say, where would you even go? It's LA, da, 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 da. Yeah. And my, he said the best response. He goes, you pick your spots. And I was like, perfect. You pick your spots. You know, it's not a long-term thing. You pick your spots. Yes. And when he said that, it was, it was such glee. He, I knew that he was like, yeah, I know exactly where my spots are. I was like, me too. I know yeah. exactly where my spots are. Man, I'm, I'm so feeling that. And also, L.A. is a place where you have those spots. Oh, yeah. Like, people don't really understand when they say, I say that L.A. is my favorite city. It's If you're a driver, L.A. is where you want to yeah, live. Yeah, oddly enough it is. Weirdly. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, because the traffic's like terrible. Like, no, no, you gotta know you gotta know traffic. You gotta yeah. read it. And also you gotta know when to chill when traffic is what traffic. Is what it just is. Just chill, put on fucking cruise control and like just chill and like yeah. listen to a podcast or whatever. You sure. know? Um but there is I've had the most fun driving here. Like I remember what oh, I met with like when I first started kind of came out as a car person. Yeah. Um, when I came out when I came, when out, I came out to as, my friends and family as a car guy. It yeah. was shocking. But. It's like I like cars. Uh, it's like good for you. Um, <laughs> that's it. It's like, no, no, there's more. But um, you know, and I met with these uh, I met up for a drive one day at uh, this guy, uh, Sergio, who's a really amazing, um, really cool, like kind of um, like a good guy lawyer who like helps helps people that can't help themselves. One you know, of the good really, ones. Really one good one, but he's got, he's has an insane car collection. I mean, it's he's got uh, Testarossas. He's he got two Testarossas. He's got like this amazing old school, or he's got a Phantom. He's got like um, he, uh, he has a couple uh, old Ferraris, and I, and he has uh, basically has like on hand like 10 or 11 incredible iconic cars Ooh. anytime in his like garage or Big whatever money. his locker and uh and so we show up and there's like a dude driving a ferrari i can't remember which what it is because i'm not a ferrari guy but uh it was like uh a super fast something something or super leggero or something like that anyways we're there and then we end up driving and we go on this long drive um you know, and everyone's like, someone has gone ahead to scope if there's any rocks on the on, on the cool. curves or yeah. whatever. So that, and then they report and they're like, roads are clear, um, blah 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 blah. We didn't see this, we didn't see that. And then um, I have a radar detector, and a couple other people have radar detectors. So then they like book in the radar detector people, and then just go on these canyon runs, right? Oh, so fun. And when we were done with the canyon run, it was like me uh, and three other. Porsches, three 911s. I had a Carrera 4S at that time, 992. And so we just, 
and they were all driving like 996s and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like cool classic, you know, yeah. Porsches. And we were just swimming through traffic on our way home. Uh. And it was like four cars, like a school of dolphins. <laughs> and I know that I've had friends go like, man, I'm in this car that's doing the thing that I always hate when I see on, on yeah, freeways. It's so fun. It's so much fun. And, and if you're a good driver, you, I know the difference between someone who knows what the fuck they're doing and sure. someone who doesn't. And like when you see someone that's like th their whole game is fluidity. I don't want to be hard braking. I want to like be reducing speed at just the right amount so that a gap opens up and then I can cruise through that gap. And then I'm yeah. just going to lay off the accelerator and coast for a while, putting it in neutral, let it flow for a while. Okay. And there we go. Now I'm going to take advantage mm -hmm. of that. Like that's what it's to me. It's like it's this it's respectful in that I'm trying to be safe. I, I am being safe, but I'm taking advantage of these gaps because I'm in a machine that can do that and yeah. it can stop and it can, I've, I've gotten out of the way of stuff where I'm like, I can't believe that car can do this. Yeah. Where I'm like, Oh, there's a thing. And it's like, you know, I'm just like, and I'm in another lane. <laughs> that is the greatest machine ever built. Man. I, uh, this is like the, this is like a, Heavy audible car porn for people that are. <laughs> oh my god! They're like, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the vibrations. <laughs> I can feel each tire. But it is, it is, it is something. Uh, it's something special. If 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 it's if it's something that you're into, it's you yeah. Know, it's whatever people. That's why when someone's like, you know, what's your thing or whatever, I don't really have any other niches that I'm like obsessed with thinking about or or understanding or wanting to like see more about. Yeah. Outside of cars, but. Anyway, yeah. it is, uh, it's very specific. Some people are like, I don't, I don't know. Give it. Like I have friends that are like, I couldn't care less what I. Oh, I know. I know. I, know. I have friends that they I really it. do not. And I, yeah, I totally get sure. it. Although I'm always excited. Like when we're driving, I'm just, I'm like, I sound like a driving instructor, you know, they're like holding on or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I know it feels scary, but I promise you this car, when you're in a performance car, this is what the thing is. Like if you're, if you're somebody who's just driven like econo cars all your life. Yeah. Right. It does feel weird. It feels weird when you see a machine like that. You just think like, oh, that's an asshole. I would say 80% of the time, probably an asshole. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but there's a 20% of people who are just enthusiasts and they just love driving. And responsible. And they're responsible. So, so if you understand what a car is capable of doing, then you start to understand why people are driving the way that they're driving. And that's what I kind of get off on. I'm yeah. like, if I see a dude in a big ass car and he's just cruising, I'm like, this is a cruiser. Yeah. It's a guy that likes to take takes time or a woman that likes to take her time and they're just chilling. Then you get like the nervous drivers that are like every every little tiny thing and you're like, <laughs> Well, I want to get beyond you. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get yeah. around you. So just let me let me you, go. You don't want me by you because I'm the sound of the engine is going to make you nervous. The the movement of the car is going to yeah. make you nervous. Whatever. So I want to get. But you notice like all these psychologies. But when you when you understand what a car can do, all I'm going to say, all you people out there, wherever you are, uh, just understand that when you see when you see a car weaving in and out of traffic, if it's not jerky and if it's smooth, then probably a good driver. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> All right, I want to ask you one favor sure. uh, before we go, because I appreciate it. Uh, we end the show a certain way, but will you do me a special? Sure. As short and quick as you can, mm -hmm. just knowing the show or like looking at this, what do you think the theme song should be of this song, of this show? It can be just a noise or a sound or something tiny, but just because I know you can see something in it, maybe. Oh, let's see. Hold on. Let's see if we can do this. Whiskey ginger. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> fucking perfect. That is absolutely perfect. Uh, that's the way we usually end the show with one word or one phrase. I'm going to take that as the one word or one phrase because that was fucking incredible. Thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to maybe get invited to go uh, toy around uh, in the canyon with you. When oh, I, yeah. When yeah, I yeah, yeah. Toy, we'll yeah, do we'll it. go. All it's right. fun. Thank you so much. All right. Salancha. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Mm.